knows about our sin and brings cleansing. He knows about us one to one. Isn't that amazing? That is just so brilliant. I am so glad that God has spoken into our lives at the beginning of this year and shown us again his amazing love for us and who we are to him because that means we can give it away. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that brilliant? We're in week two of our series, Just Walk Across the Room. Uh, I don't know about you, but as I've uh, looked at this series, as I listened to Mark last week, as we got together on Wednesday, and as I've let it impact my life, as I've been preparing for this morning, I feel both comfortable and excited about it. I just think it's great. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. I became a Christian without much outside help, which was pretty amazing actually from um, a dual background of Roman Catholicism and Judaism and don't talk about religion in your home. And so God actually intervened in my life in a very personal way. Um, I was invited by a friend who actually was not a Christian to go to church with her on Easter Sunday and that was the beginning of me hearing about how much God loved me. Um, she didn't take me on that journey at all. She didn't invite me again. That was just the beginning of my uh, journey with God. But I became a Christian. I can picture it now in my own room at home on my knees. It was like the Holy Spirit spoke into my heart and I knew that if I gave Jesus my life, he would give me his life. And I did that and I became a Christian. And you know what happened? Something happened in me that said, you belong now. You are in. You're in with that crowd now. You're in. You're part of a church. And I so needed that. I so needed to belong. I so needed to be accepted. And that was great. But you know, I, was, um, I became a Christian in an era where you socialized with Christians. And you didn't socialize with non-church people or non-Christians. You stayed within your circles because you didn't want to be contaminated again with the world. So you stayed in your Christian circles. Is this familiar to any of you? Were you brought up in that kind of era? I was. You didn't really go to the cinema. You didn't go to pubs. You didn't certainly go to clubs. And... You know, I was brought up in Beetle country, but you didn't go to clubs. So my whole world changed, but it was okay because I was accepted and I belonged and I stayed within that circle. I wanted to touch other people's lives with the love of God because God had touched my life and changed me so radically and I knew he could do that for other people. And so that had to happen at work or in the family but it didn't really happen socializing or with friends. But you know what I love and what God has been showing me over these past few years? And I've had a lot of undoing to do. A lot of undoing. I have had to have God freeing me up to say, you know what, this is okay. You can just be yourself. And you can be with other people. And you can have whatever friends you like. 
And you know what? It frees me up because the word evangelism was always to me preaching at someone. It was always to me about standing on street corners in Glasgow's Market Barrowland. Oh, what a cringe factor that was. Had some good conversations with people afterwards, but the standing on the soapbox thing was just awful. And that awful story that Mark tells about us when we were in Gerard's Cross, and I just would not leave that house. You know what? My heart was in the right place. I desperately wanted to do the right thing. I desperately wanted to tell people about Jesus. But I just did not fit into that mold at all. I didn't really know what would I have done if somebody had answered the door. I didn't know how to go about it at all. And so over the years I've had to undo a whole lot of things. Together with the fact that for much of my uh, life, in the last uh, 20 years or probably more than that, I have been in church leadership. And that is busy. It's a busy lifestyle. It was a busy home. Hardly had time to have friends outside of the fellowship. How awful. How awful to not have time to be friends with lost people. But there is hope. If there's hope for me, then there's hope for you. And over recent years, that has changed. Uh, last week, um, Mark uh, began to tell us about the single greatest gift we can give to someone. And this is what he spoke about. He spoke about being willing to enter the zone of the unknown. Sounds a bit like Doctor Who, doesn't it? Move out of our circle of comfort be intentional and to make a move with a friendship. Listen for the Spirit's prompting. Choose to rely on His guidance. Listen to that whispering from the Holy Spirit. Take that a step further. Do this. Do that. And then just walk. Just walk. Remembering that Jesus himself walked all the way from heaven to earth for us. It brings tremendous freedom to me and it confirms what God has been saying to me over the years that actually because I have the life of Jesus in me that I can reach out and touch other people's lives with his love as well. That I can make a difference in other people's lives. Single act of kindness might just be what somebody needs in that day. The other day, um, we were out having coffee and uh, with Esther and the children, and Mark was getting the coffee, and um, I, I suddenly saw him walking past, and I thought, what is he doing? So I'm saying, Mark, we're here, we're here. And then I realized that actually, he was following a young mum with two children, carrying her drinks for her to her table. You know, a single act of kindness can make a tremendous difference to somebody's day. Just something like that, just a kind word, just uh, is amazing. You don't know what that is doing in that person's life. Some of you, I want to really affirm you because you already walk in this way. You already have very good friends and relationships. And I want to just affirm you in that. I want to encourage you. I want to cheer you on. And I want you to see this morning how we can actually move on in that and actually cause their lives to come up face to face with the living God.
So, what happens next? What happens after you have walked across the room? What happens after you have made that contact? You've listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. What do you think about? What do you pray about? What do you say when you meet these people? That's what we're exploring this week. And it's called living in 3D. Living in 3D. The first D is to develop friendships. You may have had a paper like this when you came in. Um, It's just for making your own notes if you want to do that. Um, If you needed a pen, there are still some pens and uh, Joy or Tricia will bring you a pen if you need one. It's just for you to jot down. You don't, if you don't feel you need this, then that's fine. But if you want to, just pop it down on that paper and it'll be a good reminder for you. There may be something that you would want to share on Wednesday when you get together with your group. And if you're anything like me, by the time you get to Wednesday, you'll have forgotten what that vital thought was. You might want to just write it down there. There's a huge difference in going out to evangelize or uh, preaching at someone, or even uh, kind of cornering them so they feel trapped and putting off the, putting them off for good. Uh, reaching out to people in friendship and love is amazingly different. It means giving them respect and kindness. It means that we have genuine concern for them and we want to get to know them better. God expects us to move out of our comfort zones into the world of the unknown. I have a friend. uh, She's a single mum and she has uh, three children. She has many challenges in life. She's had a really uh, difficult life. Uh, She juggles with work, with kids, uh, with home, with all of the social issues that go around that. We talk together. We laugh together sometimes. She has a great sense of humor. I really like her. We get on well together. We text one another when we don't see one another. And she sings in a group. And I plan to go and listen to her. We're building our friendship. I'm getting to know her. She wants to know more about my faith. And I gently share with her what seems right at that moment in time. And you know what I think? I think that when we reach out and we touch other people's lives in that way, it's exciting for me, but I think all heaven applauds. I think heaven is just waiting on the brink for us to move out of our comfort zones, to reach out, to touch people's lives in this way, and to just take them on a step further on their journey to maybe coming face to face with the living God. Everyone needs friendship. Everyone needs someone. And you and I could be that person who actually touches somebody's life in that unique and amazing way. If you don't think that people want to share with you what is going on in their lives, listen to this. A few weeks ago, Jan Walker had a phone call. And it was to give out envelopes for a charity in her road. Do you know the ones I mean? We've all had those, haven't we? Come through the door. Uh, This was to do with supporting a cancer charity. And uh, at first she wondered what it was about, and then she said, well, why not? That will be fine. 
And as she agreed, she just thought, you know, I think that might be a way for me just to make a bit more contact with a few people in my road. And so she went out and she gave out the envelopes and she wrote a little note saying, I'll come back on this day or if you want to, you can put them through my letterbox. And one or two people put them through a letterbox. On another day, she went out to collect them. She spoke to quite a few people, but out of that, four people had conversations with Jan. One man told her that his friend had cancer and he was very concerned about that friend. Another lady told Jan that she was losing her sight. How key is that? Jan has worked with visually impaired people for probably uh, 30 years or more. And Jan was able to talk with her and reassure her and give her help, has been back again to give her more help and will go back again. An older lady didn't answer the door at first and then as Jan was walking away and she saw who it was, she called her back and she wanted to talk and just have contact with her. And there was another person as well and I can't remember who that was. You think people don't want to actually make contact with someone who cares? They do. That was only just an initial contact. And those conversations came out of that. And Jan will make links and roads now into beginning friendships with those people. Because she walked into the zone of the unknown, she moved out of a circle of comfort and actually heard the Holy Spirit's prompting, this is a good way to get to know some of those people. Some of us don't ever want to leave our circle of comfort, do we? Whatever that is, whether that's family, the friends that we have, whether that's our Wednesday group, whether that's our church circle here. We don't actually want to really move out of there because that gets a little bit tricky. And sometimes, you know, it's really tricky because we're moving out to people who are different to us. I just want to challenge you this morning. This is a hurdle to come over. People who are different to us. This works both ways, you know, up and down. Sometimes we don't move because people are upper class. So we don't speak to them because they're upper class or middle class or maybe they're poorer than us or maybe they're a bit scruffy maybe their lifestyle is not our kind of lifestyle maybe there's something to do with race or a big social divide it's okay to have a friend like me it's okay to have a friend who's the same as I am to feel safe to feel secure to know where I am in that but you know if we are going to reach out to lost people if we are going to take these walks towards people maybe some of us need to do a shift in our thinking and actually say okay I admit it I have that barrier there I have that place where I actually wouldn't want to get to know that person 
or I wouldn't have anything to say to somebody who's upper class who has money I wouldn't actually want to come down in my social standing to somebody who doesn't have any money am I the only one that thinks like that? I don't think so I don't think so maybe I'm not alone in this so what would Jesus do in developing friendships well in Luke 15 and you can read that during the week um, we don't have time to read it all now but in Luke 15 Jesus is hanging out with a group of non-religious people he's just uh, there he's talking to them they're tax collectors the Bible calls them tax collectors and sinners they're people far from God they're people who've made a lot of mistakes in their lives they're people who've crossed boundaries they're people who've used terrible language or who've drank too much or have slept in the wrong bed they're people who've cheated people out of money or other things they're people who have treated people badly and Jesus is hanging out with them now he's hanging out with them he's interacting with them he's talking and he's listening he doesn't actually become like them he doesn't cross the boundaries he knows his boundaries and that's important you need to know your boundaries you need to know your boundaries to become like them is no help but to love them where they are at is amazing and that's what Jesus did be careful not to cross your boundaries stay who you are in Jesus but reach out and touch other people's lives so Jesus was talking with them caring about them he wasn't recommending their lifestyle or changing his but you know the religious leaders that were there at the time they just did not understand they thought they were better they were in their own circle of comfort they looked down on these people and they kept their distance they were completely separate they never reached out they never saw the potential of these people and a life that could be changed the religious people got a bit upset and Jesus began to tell in the middle of all of this three parables three stories that had a meaning he did that sometimes it seemed to be just kind of off the wall have no connection but he did it anyway and he told three parables he begins with a parable about a hundred sheep do you remember Mark talked about that not very long ago when we were looking at how much God loves us a guy with a hundred sheep, a shepherd and one is lost so there are only 99 left and the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes out and looks for the one that is lost and then Jesus goes on and talks about a woman who had ten coins and she lost one it was very important to her she searched and she searched until she found that one coin and then the last one a father who had lost a son the son had had his inheritance gone away from home he was gone and the father stood at the gate and looked for him until he came home three lost things a lost sheep, a lost coin, a lost person 
And you know, I'm sure that they were there thinking, why is he telling this story now? What has this got to do with anything? But you know what I think in the days days ahead, one of those religious leaders began to replay this over and over again and make a connection. All of them had lost something and the something they had lost mattered to them very much. They cared about that lost sheep, that lost coin, that lost son. Could it be that Jesus was actually talking about lost people mattered to God? It is nothing to do with religion. It is nothing to do with the great divide between people who know nothing about God and people who are supposed to know everything about God. It is to do with the fact that the Father's heart is for lost people, that lost people matter to God. Could it be that in those coming days one of those people actually made that connection? And that's where we need to make our connection this morning, that lost people matter to God. It doesn't matter about their race, their creed, their social standing, their job, their lack of employment. It doesn't matter. The important thing is that they matter to God. And we need to get over our own prejudices, our own um, little rules that we have in our own minds, in our own hearts, so that we can actually reach out to those people that matter to God. So the beginning is uh, developing friendships. In this developing friendship with a heart that says, I'm open to you, whoever you are, whatever is happening in your life and whatever you have done. I'm open to accepting you, to knowing you, to being on a journey with you. I am open to you. I'm open to caring about you. I want to touch your life. I want to make a difference in your life. I want to touch your life with love. This is where living in 3D must begin. And then we move on to discovering stories. One of my friends, I got to know her over several years. We worked together. We talked often. We had things in common. Uh, we both like to travel. We both like holidays. We like to exchange stories about our holidays, about family life. In many ways, we were very different. She was a very competent person. She had more time than me, and she was very career-minded, and she was pursuing her career. And uh, she was always doing a new course, always uh, got something else, Um, that she was going on to and pressing into and uh, I didn't have that kind of time but I admired her and I encouraged her in that and uh, I stood alongside her in those things she had more money than me a lot more money than me her husband had a very highly paid job Uh, they were involved in uh, social events And they had on the outside what looked like the ideal life. Have you ever looked at people and you think, they've got the ideal life. 
however do you reach them because they don't look like they need God to me and you back off well you know as I got to know this girl um, different things happened in her life at different times and uh, they had a child with learning difficulties and as this child uh, became a teenager they also had three other children uh, but as this child became a teenager um, things got very 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 difficult for them in the family and she would share with me and one day she came in and they had had an awful weekend and things began to get very rocky in their marriage and she just poured out her whole heart to me and I listened and she asked me one or two things and I offered some ways forward that might be helpful and I offered to pray for her and she was very grateful for that and I said I'll be praying for you day by day and she went away and uh, they looked together at the possible solutions that I felt God had given to me and they put that into practice and I prayed a lot and things turned around and some things fell into place for them and a family is intact today and a marriage is good today because of that time we have an ongoing friendship I haven't led her to the Lord but we have an ongoing friendship maybe I'm just a link in the chain don't ever be afraid to just be a link without those links the last one will never be forged don't ever be afraid of that but maybe I am just one of those links and maybe one day she will be a Christ follower don't just stay on the outside don't just look at how people look on the outside take that step build a friendship discover a story walk alongside people get over your hang-ups I wanted God to touch her life in such a special way and I believe he did let's stay open and available to the Holy Spirit just nudging us just at the right time to speak the right word you know sometimes we can develop a layer of dust over our soul that needs cleaning off sometimes it needs a good blow sometimes it needs a good brush sometimes we need to be more ruthless with a vacuum cleaner but we can develop a layer of dust over our soul that stops us from moving out of our comfort zones to connect with the real world to develop friendships and to get to know other people's stories and sometimes you know we can have this layer of dust over our soul when we are actually connecting with the world and some of you are really great at doing that but the dust over your soul means that you never connect them to the living God yes you can go out and you can do things together you have great friendships outside of the fellowship here you have great friendships workmates 
people you've known since school, people you've known all your life, your neighbours, your friends, and you really do connect, and you know what's going on in their lives. They know a bit about what's going on in your life, but you never connect them to the living God. Maybe today you need to dust that off your soul and say, you know, that's right. I want to say to you today, there is not one person that you meet, that you look in their face that does not matter to God. There is not one person that does not need a relationship with God, no matter what they look like on the outside, no matter how long you have known them, no matter how deep you've got in with them without even mentioning that maybe you're a Christian. This is the time. This is the time to dust that off your soul and say, I will connect with these people and I will connect them to the living God. Who knows? You could be the very person to bring about an amazing change in somebody's life. Take a genuine interest so that you know best how to help these people. (coughs) So if we are developing friendships and discovering stories, what is the next step? To discern the appropriate next steps. That's the next step. To listen to the Holy Spirit. Let God just nudge you. You know, sometimes in our friendships, we need to lean right into the Holy Spirit because he whispers into our soul. Just do this. Just go here. Just go there. Just speak this word. And as we develop friendships and discover people's stories, we need to know what part we have to play in the friendship. We need to uh, actually be guided by the Holy Spirit. I'm embarrassed, actually, that I have sometimes run ahead of the Holy Spirit. And I have messed it up. Has that ever happened to you? I have to just pray that God actually will redeem those situations. Sometimes we just get ahead of ourselves. Let's be people who actually just listen to the Holy Spirit, go gently, and take a step at a time into friendships. We're going to watch just a very short um, video clip now on the DVD. It's about uh, Bill Hybels and his friend Dave. It's just about one and a half minutes. So...
inside Dave. And uh, I remember just saying to myself, this is going to be a long, slow walk. He's got to see a Christian kind of walk the walk. I, ne I never put a time span on it. I just said, this is a guy I'd like to be friends with and let God do whatever God's going to do. I really wanted to make sure that it was God doing the work and uh, me riding in the second position. Before uh, regatta, I was preparing my little area on the sailboat, and Bill would come up and just ask me how my week had gone, how Beth was, maybe what had gone on at work. I mean, the conversations never really moved uh, towards faith or Christianity. And it, again, it was just so refreshing uh, to me that he was concerned about me as an individual and what was going on in my life. I think really trying to point someone in the direction of faith is usually the summation of a lot of little inputs along the way. I don't think it's the big three-hour talk where you start with creation and end at the end of the Bible. I, I don't think it's a great big theological brain dump all at once. I remember uh, Bill giving me a copy of The Case for Christ before it was uh, ever even in print. And so in my travels around the country, uh, you know, on airplanes, I would pull that out and uh, read a few pages. And I really needed that because I was so inquisitive about the science part of it. you want to know what happened to that guy, you have to come on Wednesday. <laughs> it's exciting. Okay, at the b very beginning of that, we just missed uh, the beginning. One thing that Bill said, and that I think is so uh, great, is that he said, I saw something so valuable in Dave. And this is one of the keys, I think. We have to actually see how valuable people are to God. He said, I saw something so valuable in Dave. He listened for the prompting of the Holy Spirit and then he said, God, I don't know how long this is going to take. I'm going to hand over the reins to you. I want to be sure that you're leading this whole thing. I want, um, I want to be sure that you're in control and I don't mess it up, but this guy actually um, comes to know you at some point. So come on Wednesday for the rest of that story. Uh, last week Mark suggested that you might want to send a card to the person who had actually been instrumental in leading you to the Lord um, or maybe write a letter to them or something like that. Uh, in this uh, DVD Bill had several next steps that he took. He asked Dave about his week. He asked about his family. He asked about his job. And you might want to be thinking about how do you contact people? How do you connect with them? What's their world like? How can I actually reach to them? You might want to write down on the back of your paper here the next steps that people took with you. Maybe they gave you a book like Bill gave to Dave. He gave him the book, The Case for Christ. Maybe it was something like that for you. Maybe it was that somebody invited you for a meal. I don't know. But maybe you'd like to write it down and just share that in with your group next week and just see the steps that people took to actually bring you into the kingdom. And maybe God has some of those for you to take with other people. 
We don't have to give people the whole gospel. Like Bill said just now, we don't have to spell it all out. We don't have to go from Genesis to Revelation. We don't even have to tell them all about the crucifixion. We really need to go just a step at a time and share our lives with them as much as they share their lives with us. So, we've just got a few minutes left. And in closing, um, just want to think a little bit about Mark chapter 3. We won't read it together, but you can read it yourselves during this week. It's an interesting story. It was the Sabbath day, and Jesus was at the temple, and the religious leaders drag in a man who has a withered hand. And they put him in front of Jesus. It was a test. You weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath day. So they were really testing Jesus to see what's he going to do about this man. They had no compassion for the man. They didn't care about him. They just dragged him in, in front of Jesus. And they waited to see if Jesus would heal this man. And in Mark chapter 3, it says that Jesus was angry. He was furious at their hard-nosed religion. They prized their laws more than they prized the man, this poor, needy man. And of course, Jesus heals him. What else would he do for a guy like this? He reaches out and he touches him and he heals him. And this is the one thing I want to just leave with you, that there are people that we are meeting every day with withered lives. <coughs> In one way or another. Life has been touching other people's lives. And they have withered lives in many areas. Maybe in their family life, maybe in their health, maybe financially, maybe in their jobs. You and I are rubbing shoulders with people with withered lives. And if we don't touch their lives with the love of God, with friendship, with discovering their stories and moving on in their lives with them, who will do it? Who will do it? You and I are rubbing shoulders with people with withered lives. We just need to listen to the Holy Spirit, take that walk towards them, Offer a hand of friendship and go very gently, listening all the time to the Holy Spirit as to how to reach out and touch people's lives. A new week is unfolding. Let's commit ourselves to moving out of our comfort zone and to live in 3D this week. Developing friendships, discovering stories and discerning the next steps. Letting the Holy Spirit guide our every action. Thank you, Angela. Let's respond to him by singing this song. This is my desire to honour you. I love these words. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, speak to me. Help me hear your promptings. Have your way in me. Let's stand together and make this our prayer.
Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. If you've got children in Promised Land, would you like to go and fetch them? Uh, they'll be, the teachers will be waiting for you to collect them. Uh, let's sing this through to him. Uh, this week, would you be praying for Linda Hutchinson? Some of you will know uh, that she's going uh, to have a serious operation this week. Would you please pray for her and for Terry, her husband? And uh, if you need prayer this morning, would you like to come down here and we'll anoint you with oil and pray with you? Um, Clive would like to pray for the person who's got that fear. He really feels that he's got faith to pray for you. Um, if you feel you need.